Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy, uh, what day is it? Today the is the 27th of December. We're into uh, the second day after Christmas. But it's yeah, still Christmas so, week. So Yeah, Christmas week. And a lot of people have this week off. And hey, it's good to be you. But then a lot of people, <laughs> you know, you know what? what? The whole holiday season and everything has changed since COVID. Mm. You know, because we're so used to being at home. And, and now I understand there's a new variant coming and more lockdowns. Oh, uh, do you believe that? Do us. you truly believe that? Or do you think it's just a, a big government trying to uh, to to put us in our place? <laughs> well, yeah, I, look, we know that COVID was a manufactured virus. I'm not saying it's not real. No, but it was a proof of concept or whatever it is. Well, here's uh, the thing that gets me is... The last major uh, epidemic we had was, what, 1918, the Spanish flu? Mm -hmm. And then there was a 100-year gap, a little over 100 years. And then we have uh, the COVID pandemic. And now what? They're telling us a year and a half after COVID, we may have another pandemic. Doesn't that seem a, a bit contrived to you? Yeah, it does a lot. And I think they're going to look for a lot of things to keep us locked down because what they do it's conditioning mental conditioning when we believe it's normal Mm -hmm. it's normal they change things it's happened all if you look back you know they have to condition us to accept this normalcy yeah this new world we live in yep uh and that's what they're doing and there's a big master plan you're going oh bill no that's yeah, you. what'd you do, fall on the rabbit hole? No, I, I'm looking around, and when you back up and take a good, broad look with your eyes to see the entire landscape, you know, we're being manipulated. We're oh, being big coerced. time. Not just, not just with pandemics and things like that, but I think even things like uh, our environment. Uh, we've been told that uh, global warming is an issue. And that yeah. we should be uh, getting into windmills and solar panels and get away from fossil fuels because we're damaging the ozone layer, things like that. And then out of nowhere, we get this polar vortex and the country goes, the entire country goes into a deep lockdown. I was just reading an article 37 die in weekend freeze, more than all of the global warming deaths this year combined. Up in Buffalo, my Buffalo gal, she ain't coming out tonight. Yeah, well, she's staying under the covers. Well, I got a Boston gal, but you know, yeah, the the that's true though. the The global pandemic, uh, that they, I'm sorry, the global warming that they're talking about, um, is it contrived? Is that contrived? Too? Is that is that something that's made up to uh, to get us to sell us on uh, a new direction for the whole planet? What are they trying to do? Do you think? Why do you think they're so into carbon credits and and things like and by the way i truly believe it is a deep state thing it's not just a u.s government thing it's not simply a uh an, an issue that's in the united states alone it's global you know yeah, it, it is and when you look at the weather and the control of weather mm-hmm. it's something we've always talked about and they manipulated weather a little bit for farmers and Things of that nature, but I'm sure they perfected their science at it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there have been movies going back to conditioning. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, for us to accept global warming and uh, 
the pandemic being just a, an ongoing thing, we have to be able to, you know, rationalize it in our mind. And the only way to do that is they got to plant the seed. Yes. Well, there have been movies about, oh, I don't know, um, a satellite up there that controls the weather and somebody wanted to have power with it, but they can do this. We've had conditioning with movies, disaster movies, one after the other that had to do with climate change, that had to do with this and that and pandemics. So it, the seed was planted, mm -hmm. and then they can slowly roll out their, their plan of locking us down, putting us in control. You know, the pandemic is over. They've said it for now. There's a company. Yeah, every, I go to a lot of places. It's masks are everywhere. It's funny you should mention seeding. MIT Technology Review reported on Saturday that a company called Make Sunsets has successfully launched weather balloons from Mexico that may have released sulfur particles into the atmosphere. Uh, Luke Eisman, the co-founder and CEO, claims that because climate change presents such an um, an eminent threat. Bizarre interventions like theirs are necessary. And he goes on and on. So he's, they're going up, they're launching these weather balloons, and then right. they're, they're dumping particles into our atmosphere to make a change in our atmosphere. That's just one little startup company. How about the bigger companies, the big well-financed companies that do it with rockets and satellites and things like that? Mm -hmm. You know, what can they do that we don't know about? You know, You've heard things, I'm sure, about contrails. People have mm -hmm. been talking about contrails for maybe a couple of decades now. If you don't know what contrails are, folks, it's when you look up in the sky, especially in the evening, uh, you can see sometimes these lines that look like jet exhaust. You think, oh, that's a, must be a jet flying by. But if you look closely, they kind of have a pattern to them. Sometimes they'll be parallel lines for a couple of, you know, a couple of times, right. and then they'll crisscross. Crisscross, yeah. yeah. And um, those are called contrails. And some people, a lot of people now believe that uh, they are either the government or companies uh, dumping stuff into our atmosphere to influence the weather and things like that. Well, you think about it. When you were a kid growing up and you saw the jets flying over, and it got to a point kind of like the, you know, a stick in the ground and the sunlight and the shadow. You could tell what time it is. You could sit there and look to the sky and see that contrail and go, oh, okay, yeah, that, that plane uh, probably coming out of uh, Philly. Uh, looks like it's uh, headed to hmm, Dallas, maybe. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you would know on it because it, maybe you flew a little bit, so you kind of get an idea. Yeah. And you can tell by the direction just. It was like a sky compass, and you knew the time of the day and everything. Sure. That, and guy probably that... Flew, that guy probably just flew out of Buffalo, and he's flying over Pittsburgh, and he's on his way to, like you say, Dallas or someplace. Yeah. Yeah, because they vector in on signals, because they sit there, as, as much as you don't believe it, they sit there, that's how they do. They fly by a signal. They, they, there's little beacon towers, and right. maybe it's changed, I don't know, but the beacon tower, they set up a frequency, and they, they fly... Until the needle flips mm -hmm. and goes, it's behind you now, lock in the new signal, and you're turning that jet. And that's where it turns. Right. If you go straight down from where it turned, 
there's a little beacon station, a little, little round white building, has a little antenna on it, flips, you know, puts out a signal that but, they but walk this, into. But with these contrails, it's not just jets flying from place to place. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a pattern to it that's different than that. And that's what people have been talking about for right. for years now. And uh, it, it, we all laughed initially. I can remember thinking 15, 20 years ago when they, when I first started to hear about stuff like that, oh, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's silly. Who can influence the weather? Mm-hmm. Well, I've done a lot of reading, I'm sure you have too, where there are companies out there who are spending a lot of money to do just that, to do... Uh, weather influencing, you know. <laughs> I, Over the past twenty years, how many, how many times have we kind of shut down the airline business? COVID did it too. Travel right. got shut down. The jets weren't flying, but yet there were the contrails up there. Wait, there's no jet service, but there's that. Oh, they're flying the jets because they they got to burn the fuel. It must they be have. government jets or something like that. Or, or yeah, but the, you know, sometimes you'd see a sky full of them, and it's like. Because we were used to seeing them, so they didn't think anybody would question it. And so there you go. How do we... I know this sounds uh, paranoid, but we've been having pretty good uh, weather uh, up until about two weeks ago. 70, yeah, 65, 70. And so all of a sudden, this, uh, what do they call it, a polar vortex bomb, weather bomb or something like that? It come, And I don't even know what that is. I, I truly... That's almost like uh, a description that they stuck on this most recent weather uh, storm. They call it uh, polar vortex. Uh, I'm mm. sure. I'm sure this. That's probably a weather term that I'm just not familiar with. But uh, all of a sudden, it drops in out of nowhere, and it closes down many of the uh, airports. When on Christmas weekend, I, it's it just seems like a heck of a coincidence that they wanted to screw the. Uh, the traffic up on 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 a holiday weekend like that, maybe it's because it would be the kind of weekend that everybody would remember. You know, it wouldn't be something that if they did it on a regular weekend, uh, no big deal. So everything, but on the Christmas weekend, if they can mess everything up, where thousands of uh, of, of flights can be canceled and thousands of people can be stuck in airports, uh, this is something they'll never forget. This will help our our cause, you know. I mean, I, I forget the name of the movie. Uh, you'd probably remember back. I guess it was around maybe 2010, not not 2012. Maybe it was. It was it was the movie where I forget who was in it, but he was talking to somebody about the weather changes and the buoys that are out at sea that measure the temperatures, and they were changing and they're going, okay, we got climate shift coming because it has happened in history where. The polar, you know, caps have shifted, and and yeah. that was the premise of everything. But that's when they introduced the word, the bomb, cyclone. And if you know the movie I'm talking about, you remember the helicopters that were flying, and they were flying into this shift, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there's no air, no atmosphere, nothing. It's just was it Leviathan? No, no, uh... no, no. It's uh. Uh, it's an easy name, and it's so simple. I'll be embarrassed when. But what's interesting, you talk about shifting, Bill. You know that, like uh, Antarctica, was uh, a warmer climate uh, for mm-hmm. for centuries. Uh, people don't understand that, but 
They'll say, well, there were once trees there. And some people believe that parts of Antarctica might have even been tropical at one point. And, and might have been. So th- that would indicate maybe that the Earth shift on its a- axis a bit. And it doesn't have to be a lot, by the way. It doesn't have to be a big shift. Sometimes just a little shift in the, uh, on the axle can make a, a big difference weather-wise. Do you know? Yeah, it can. And, you know, we they're talking about, you know, not only the polar shifts, but the magnetic shift that, that could happen. Well, you know, some of that is natural phenomena that can happen and in some place in time will happen. Now, can we manipulate that uh, and do something with it? But my point is, is that with these movies, they've introduced, you know, they, they, the bomb cyclone hey, thing. How about the pandemic movies? That the, I, I can't, They've I can't, introduced it to it. Yeah. Uh, we About 10 years ago, Dustin Hoffman was in. Something outbreak, outbreak. Yeah, that's it exactly, and it was yeah. f- very similar to what we just went through with the monkeys and everything. Yeah, and, you know it's amazing. Now you see these these stars that are big libtards. Yep, that that do a movie like that because they think they're doing something great, and what they don't realize is that their liberalness is being used, and they think they're doing something good. Yeah, and to a degree they are, and they're also doing something bad because. They're they're making you aware of one thing, but they're also conditioning people yeah. to say, oh, oh, yeah, that can happen. Like the monkeys. Remember the monkeys out of the cage? You know, yeah. here just a few months ago? Yeah. You never really heard anything about that, but they were experimental monkeys. And, you know, well, of course, now you got monkey pox, but I don't think those two are connected. But, hell, you never know. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's it, we talked about this snowstorm this past weekend. Just looking at another article I have, at least 55 people are dead in the U.S. and Canada after a powerful winter storm batters the Midwest and Northeast. More than six feet of snow fell in Buffalo. More than six feet of snow. Think about that for a second. What, 72 inches of snow in Buffalo? They say some people literally froze to death in their cars. Now, I don't know how that happens in the 21st century, why there aren't, uh, you know, patrols and some kind of, you know, I mean, I would imagine it happened on roads like I-90 between Erie and Buffalo mm-hmm. that goes along uh, the Great Lakes where they get a lot of snow fast. But even with that, you would think that they would have vehicles that uh, the emergency, uh, you know, departments could uh, put into service that could go out on the highways and patrol, you know, tractors and stuff like that. That could patrol and look for people who were stuck and freezing to death in car. How do you freeze to death in a car in the 21st century? On a, you know, maybe I'm, well, maybe I'm being mean, naive. You, you tell me. Well, I, I'm going to say the engine probably can't run. And no, I realize that, but I guess yeah. what I'm saying is why don't they have... Why don't they have the National Guard go out and patrol I-90 from Erie to Buffalo and, you know, all these major routes so that people who are stuck with no power can be rescued? You know, they knew the weather was coming. They knew it was going to drop. Now, I remember in Pittsburgh at one time, I was trying to get out of the radio station mm-hmm. before I what, what I saw coming. But my relief didn't get there, and I'm holding tight. And all of a sudden came the word, you know, you're stuck. 
in Parkway Center because uh, they're shutting down the highways. They knew it was coming. They didn't want anyone to be out and get stranded. Right. So why didn't, you know, civil defense That's what I mean. or the mayors or whatnot sit there and say, this storm is coming, folks. We're going to, if you try to come out of a side road and get on the highway, you're going to be rerouted, told to go back home. We're going to send out the sheriffs, the police, and if they see you out, they're going to tell you, get back to this, or you're going to go to a shelter. One or the other, because that is, and that doesn't fall on the job of the local sheriff or policeman to go, well, i got to go out and do this. That comes from the political seat, the mayor, you know, the city council, and saying, we got to protect our, our base population here. So apparently nobody did their job. So what I'm saying is that there should be a plan in place where when a snowstorm is coming along like the one we just had, uh, that that certain things start, you know, automatically. They should have, um, I'm thinking of those, you probably have seen them. Uh, They use them up in uh, uh, Alaska and places like that. They're they're essentially snow tractors. They're you're in Arctic ca- cats. Arctic cats. Those that, yeah. exactly right. And uh, you can pull, you could pull a bus, you know, a, a trailer, you know, behind it, and and you could literally go down the road in the worst of weather, and go from car to car and get right. people out and get them on these buses. Leave the car. Get the hell with the car and get them to a, a warm, safe place. How do you leave people for 20 hours or 30 hours in a car that's run out of fuel when it's, when it's 10 degrees or less out? That's what I'm saying. And this is the 21st well, century. We've got to have a plan. That's what I'm saying. You know, the leaders didn't do their job. They knew it was coming. They knew the potentiality of it. Now, they also know that they don't have a local media that's there anymore. Radio got taken over by big business. We deregulated. It wasn't owned by a small group or a local entity. And back in the day, let me tell you something. Uh, we didn't get to close for a holiday right. or shut things down. Now you have automation now that's done by a computer. That's like virtual real radio, but there's nobody there. Yeah. There's nobody there at all. So you can't pick up the phone and say, hey, this is the mayor's office. We need to get this word out. There's no way to disseminate it because there's nobody there. And the only reason they maintain a license is because they are part of our national defense and also there to disseminate weather information. They're there as a public servant Mm -hmm. to serve the community. I'm sorry for my media buddies but and big conglomerate businesses, but you ain't doing your job, so why not just give up the license? Shut her down, you know, because the, you're not doing a service. The uh, local people who uh, would run these emergency services, like I talked about, would probably say, well, we only have a storm like that uh, maybe once or every two years or something like that. And it's not cost-effective to have a, an Arctic cat uh, in, in the you know, the fire station, I would say it, it is cost effective for, you know, that one time when you may lose 20 people on a highway, you know, if you radios, go ahead. I was going to say radio stations used to have backup generators and you, you always had redundancies. Right. To be there because, you know, you hope to get, you didn't want to get stuck in a building. I've been stuck in hurricanes in a building and we kept that thing on the air. 
And I remember working at a station where, well, we can't, we don't make that much money. We can't afford a generator. I'm going, man, if I can get one for 5,000 bucks, it can run this whole building. Would you do it? Well, yeah. I'd call up civil defense. Do you have old generators around? Because they have government budgets. Right. And all of a sudden they're going, hey, you know what? We'll give the damn thing to you. You maintain it. But, you know, here's the deal. You got a deal, you know. And the next thing you know, we got a generator, friends. Now we went from being a rinky-dink player to being a big player, yeah. not just the other guy across town, but we were doing well. You know, a service. it's funny you should say that. I would imagine that there are, uh, if these local emergency outlets, you know, or fire stations, whatever, uh, if they were to contact the government and say, "Do you have any surplus articats that you want to get rid of, or, or well, half tracks, or eight, eight, you know?" Uh, a phone call, ATVs, or something. You know, something that we can use in in snowy weather. Uh, would that be something we could get off you? And you know, they may say we'll give it to you, but here's what you have to do. I mean, it may have some kind of a stipulation, but uh, I think sometimes it's laziness on the part of management. They don't think that far ahead. You know, they they're comfortable with uh, we got a new truck, or you know, I think for example, also the National Guard should have been out. Uh, and maybe they were. I'm not knocking them. Please, if you were out and you're in the National Guard and you were doing your job, great. Thank you. But uh, maybe there were areas where there could have been more of a presence and they didn't have people there, you know? Well, now, there's a good point. The National Guard is there for certain reasons. Right. Why can't um, not only public defense, but why can't public emergencies be part of it? And they're used to driving tanks and sure. heavy vehicles, why not get them some vehicles that are there for winter emergencies? Every year you're going to have a snowstorm. Every year you're going to have frozen roads. Bill, they why have, can't that be part of their guard duty? They have troop carriers that are big, heavy, yeah. almost uh, like tanks that they could use. Convert them. Yeah. Uh, get them out on the highways and pick up those people who are stranded in troop carriers. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of those things can be driven on uh, on roads and on rough terrain, too. So, I mean, if you have to drive off the highway and go on to an island, you can do that. There's a lot yeah. of, they've got a, you, when you look at an article like this and you see 55 people die. No reason for it. No, no reason it, at all. And, you know, can you imagine being stuck in your car and all you see and feel is winter around you? Oh, my dear goodness. And you yeah. slowly die as everything inside of you freezes. Oh my God! God bless those poor people. Um, it, 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 you know, it, it didn't it, happen quick, and it's and it's bad enough that it happened, and to happen on quote a, a holiday when people are supposed to be happy. So many sadness, so many people who are going to go through a sad time now because of what happened. Um, I bet you, if I if I could see a show of hands, uh, but I can't because of how right. we do this. But a show of hands of how many people really had a truly, truly great Christmas. It's, you know, and we've all been through some hard times. You know, but this has been a bad couple of years. Yeah. But, you know, you have an administration that brags about all the things that they've done. And you're sitting there going, where? where? Yeah. Where? Yeah. No, uh, we've all shared, you know, you talked yesterday about waking up in the middle of the night with some anxiety, which is, oh, which is yeah. not, and you think it's, you think it's unique to you. Most people do. They think, oh, I, 
I woke up in the middle of the well, night. Well, it was anxious. the dream that I had that scared the hell out well, of me. Well, we all have those things. And I think it's due to what's happening in our world. We're affected the conditioning. by this. Yeah. Well, we talk about it. Uh, what's one of the things that we talk about with uh, Laura Logan? Kid trafficking, adrenochrome. Right. You know, and, you know, the where they scare kids and the, you know, they produce something in their adrenaline that actually can be taken like you take plasma out of the blood, yes. out of the blood, but it can be given to people and it's like a youth serum. It doesn't yes. last forever, but for a couple of months, your skin tightens up, your, your, your Have you ever seen some of these celebrities, you see them and they look tough, they look tired, they look their age, they look older. Sometimes you see it in politicians where, my goodness, they look their age, they look old, and then they disappear for two or three weeks, and they come back, and you see another picture of them, and they look rejuvenated. They have softer skin, and the wrinkles are gone, and they seem more energetic, and you wonder, where did they go? Where did they go? And you got to wonder well, whether there's some somewhere. truth to these things. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing. You know, you got kid trafficking going on. The kid's... You know, come here, and like the ones that came to the Wilkesbury area. They loaded them on a bus, yeah, and nobody knows where they are, never to be seen again. Oh, I never. know. Never. I know. Were they trafficked for prostitution? Some. Were they trafficked uh, to uh, get blood from? Some, I would imagine, yeah. And there you go. You got your adrenochrome. And that's kind of what the dream was. Well, I'll tell you, I had a dream that I was donating blood, and I saw a plate glass window, and I looked over there, and I saw a bunch of young kids. That were laying there, and they had VR goggles on, and they were all shaking, scared as hell. I'm going, what the hell's going on over there? Oh, well, we pay them, and we show movies and things, and we scare the hell out of them, and we pump their blood to get the adrenaline, so we get the adrenic, we can make the adrenochrome. You know, you know, and you know, the that dream that, was that, a lab. That, that's a dream, but a lot of people say that happens, including people, including journalists who are good journalists who do their homework, like Laura Logan. Yeah, and I mean, the dream is basically saying, well, here's the way to do it on a regular basis. And nobody, now, by the way, wants to believe that happens, Bill. Nobody, right. no good person wants to believe that actually happens in our country. Well, let's take it forward one step. All right, let's say that that is happening. And all of a sudden, we start to believe it's the norm. And, hey, we, folks, we have this new formula the serum out there it's um it, it's adz or whatever you call it and this will make you you know more acute you know you're mentally aware it'll make uh, your your wrinkles go away your skin will tighten up you'll feel 10 20 years younger and you only have to take this every 90 days and it's only going to cost you 300 bucks a dose i got Would one you for take you it I got one. I got one. Would for you, you take it? I wouldn't take it, but I know there are people who wouldn't. I'll tell you why. Vanity. There are people who have been selling skincare products, supposedly, and it's, and they're advertised as being made with, with. Uh, I don't know how to say this daintily. Young children's foreskin. Hmm. Yeah. Foreskin of young males in the baby product. It has been promoted on shows like Oprah. And and the women talk about it. Oh, it gives you such a great shine. It makes your skin softer. And no one asks the question, where the hell do you get the foreskin? 
I, I would imagine most people assume that they get it from like circumcisions and things like that. But is that the only place they get the foreskin? Where do they get the stuff from? They could also, um, you know, when people are are scarred, they can grow skin, particular to a region, by just having a small little skin graft. So you say they they clone it. They they can clone that. But you can only, I think, in cloning, there's only so many generations you can go because... Yeah, that's true. It's not like a digital circuit. Right. It, It degrades... It's almost you like know, the old time when you used to make dubs of audio. And right. When you did it with First an generation, yeah. second generation, yeah. third generation. Exactly. And then all of a sudden you hear a piece of audio that sounds like a... <laughs> sounds <laughs> awful. It sounds like, yes. were you in the shower when you recorded that? <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that's, I was. But that's kind of how it is. Irish spring. <laughs> that's kind of how it is with these, these uh, manufactured uh, body parts. If you do it right. over and over again with the same DNA, uh, they lose their potency. Um, but the thing is you asked whether people would use this stuff and I point to that because they're already using it. Yeah. Well, see, that answers my question. Um, I would be opposed to it myself because, um, I, I know even if the kids were going in voluntarily and getting money, do they know what they're really doing, what they're really giving up and do they know the long-term effect? Now, I know that people that go out and donate blood, it's a good thing. If there is a bit of a scam, and I don't want to put down the Red Cross, but the Red Cross is the only agency out there right. that has a dual, you know, they're a nonprofit. Charter? But, yeah, charter. But yeah. they're nonprofit, but they're profit. The only one's allowed to do that. Yeah. And when you donate blood to them, now there are times when there's a real, but see, you don't know anymore with the news. But if there's a real critical emergency, I think blood stays on the shelf for 14 days. I don't know. Something like yeah. that. It's, it wouldn't, it's, it wouldn't it's, surprise me, right. But what they do is you give it to them for free. You donate it. There's no emergency going on. Right. But hospitals do need it, and they sell it for a few hundred bucks a bottle, and the hospital will charge you whatever, $2,000, $3,000 pint. The other thing they do, they take the plasma. There are people that need now that plasma. that lasts longer. Plasma yeah. lasts longer, I think. I think they can take... The shelved blood and then whip it into plasma and oh yeah, they're plasma labs. They may have gone away because of the pandemic, which makes the Red Cross more vital. But they're taking that plasma, which has got a big extreme value on it, right? You know, and they're getting it for free. I'm just saying, when you donate, be sure that you're donating at a, you know, it, it's good to donate, but you just got to know what you're doing when you do it. Is what I'm trying to yeah. say. And who you're doing it with. Yeah. Yep. Um, the, the adrenochrome thing is something that people laugh at sometimes and say, oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> adrenochrome. Look that's, it up. That is conspiracy theory. That is QAnon stuff. They'll throw all these different labels on it. But again, when you have somebody who is uh, as dignified and as qualified as a Lara Logan talking about it, uh, when you have people like Jim Caviezel, you know, mm-hmm. the Hollywood star who's been in major motion pictures, including The Passion of the Christ, and he was the star of the TV series Person of Interest. Um, when you see him talking about it, you realize there's something to this. Adrenochrome is not uh, something that was created in some uh, fantasy world. 
it's something which exists and apparently is effective for some people. Uh, and yeah, again, I'm trying I, to remember back in the history, there is some psychotic thing, something, you know, psychological that it was created for. I could be wrong in that, but it, it dates back into well, you know, Bill, think the about, 50s or before. Well, think about this for a second, right? You have stories like Dracula, okay? Yeah. What does Dracula drink that makes him live forever? And blood. That's right. Now, where Virgin does blood. where does this idea come from? What was it that uh, the Aztecs and all of the ancient tribes used to sacrifice people for? They used to drain young child, you know, young children. They'd kill. They'd sacrifice young children mm -hmm. for blood. You know, and sometimes in their ceremonies, they would drink the blood. Look yeah. at the uh, look at the uh, Satan culture. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you know they do sacrificial stuff, and they uh, they they will hide and say, "Oh, we don't do that." But then you run into somebody that actually does do that, and you're like, "Going, well, wait, who do I believe?" Well, I know who I believe. I believe the people that that do it that they have done it that say they do it. That's a much bigger like, culture than we can imagine. You know that. Mm, uh, yeah, it, it's very big. It's bigger than I ever dreamed it was. I mean, I see, um, I see it in culture too. I see how they, they, they try to pass it off as being kind of a, a normal thing in in our in our entertainment and things like that. They massage uh, it in. Yes, they, do, they do. They really do. You'll see a, a TV show, and they'll walk into a house, for example, that's been abandoned, and they'll have the pentagrams on the floor and right. uh, things like that. And, and they don't explain it. It's just kind of there for effect, but it's there. Uh, it plants a seed it does. in your, your brain, and it gets stored away, and it waits for, uh, it, it. you know, your mind is a gatekeeper. Now, if I sit there and I say something, and it has no point of reference, it's either going to throw out the information or make the wrong assumption. But if there's a point of reference that, you know, that, that mark of the devil or whatever it is, all of a sudden, yeah. oh, I know what this is. And it files it with it appropriately, and they build a file on your brain that will not go away. It's there forever, you and know, they own that space. This has been an interesting program so far. We've kind of walked along uh, some inter interesting uh, paths you know we talked about the uh, uh the problems with the the weather over the past weekend and uh we talked about we kind of segued into the adrenochrome thing and and then into uh these these dark cultures uh the other thing i, I wanted to talk to you about today is is the, right. is the deep state and the deep state right. and, and is is this all kind of connected the deep state all of this all of this sadness, all of this uh, uh, darkness, is this part of an agenda that we're living through right now, and we are we well, are unaware like of it. it? You know what I mean? I mean, they, are we already? We talked before the show. Have we already started a culture war in our country uh, and and lost it? Have we oh, already? Well, lost yeah, it? that was something that I asked you, and I mean, we can go to that. Uh, yeah, we have lost it. War was declared on us. We lost. Uh, so the question is, 
does the United States still exist? That's, is America that's, ex that's exactly uh, is what, America I, still real? Well, yeah. I turned to a guy by the name of uh, Paul Craig Roberts, who's pretty. Uh, you can look up his name out there. Now there have been things all over, but you know when you look at the, what he professes in the political science and everything, um, you look at the United States or America. What does it take to have a country? Well, uh, number one, a you people? have to have a you have to have a yeah, people, but you need right? a homogenous population, mm -hmm. which is what we did start with. Now, yeah, we did. Uh, we did allow immigration, Italians, sure. Irish and whatnot, but they still had commonality with the original homogenation. What did they call us forever? They called us a Judeo-Christian society. Exactly. You can't, you can't say that about us anymore. Yeah. Now, the other thing you need and is, you know, a, a good geographic location. You've got to have natural resources, the land. Right. So we had all of this, but... Down the road, we are a place of laws. And when we were, you know, letting people immigrate over, we kind of lost focus of that formula that yeah. kept us, that was the cohesive gel that kept us together. And now all of a sudden, these people come over and they're going, well, this is great, but this is what I'm used to. We got too well. That's true. Diverse. What did, we got too diverse and multi multicultural. What did your ancestors do that immigrants don't do today? Your ancestors assimilated. They yeah. assimilated, meaning if they came over, Germans and Russians and Italians and Irish, they came over to the United States. They didn't. They, they didn't expect you to learn their language. They assimilated. They learned the English. They they uh, absorbed the culture of our country. They became Americans. That's not happening anymore. No, it's not happening anymore. And you have, you know, all these people that are, yeah, we've got diversity, multiculturalism, but it's gone to the point to where it's it's grown out of the box. We, our box of containment of what we are has been blown to bits. And now we go, well, we still got geography. So that mm -hmm. does mean with geography and natural resources, well, the United States is still going to exist for a while. Oh, I wait see a, a hand up. Yeah. I, wait. wait a second. We don't have the geography anymore, and we don't have the natural resources. I mean, they're still there. Right. But the <laughs> people who run our country don't want us to use them anymore. Are you talking about a thieving president that stole a lot of things? Yes. And also, you, you, getting back to geography, you know that silly that silly thing that uh, nuisance called the border. Well, yeah, you don't need that. No. <clears throat> so why are they doing this? Because right now, I think I told you, mm -hmm. um, two point nine million people that we know of, and since Biden's been in, isn't that amazing? Have crossed the border. Now well, that's a lot, Bill. You Where sure do about they that? go, Bill? <laughs> I have no clue. I know that uh, <laughs> Abbott over the weekend sent a busload of 100 <laughs> yes, to Kamala Harris's house, and that. she's mad as hell, and she's not going to take it oh, anymore. Oh, those poor children. Those poor children that are out there freezing in the cold. How He is not responsible. In the, Look what he did. How uh, about Kamala? The, how about the children who are freezing to death in the desert trying to get here?
Yeah. Well, Kamala, you see, it's not Texas's problem, the border problem, the crisis. It is not Abbott's problem. As a matter of fact, I believe the border czar is, well, you, Kamala. <laughs> That's right. This is your bad. This is your no good. So, That's right. you know, he actually did the right thing. Carmela, you won. You won. Here they yeah. are. They're yours. You there won. they are. Now, Kamala, if you were a person of any respect, you would have said, damn it. Okay, I'll tell you what. Let's Here's 5000 bucks. Go get some blankets, coats. Let's get some hot coffee, some hot uh, chocolate. Let's get some meals. Let's feed these people. Right. And then I'll make a few phone calls. Have you seen the vice presidential mansion? That would have been the right thing to do. Have you seen the mansion in Washington, the vice presidential mansion? Oh, beautiful. They they have a big lawn. It's the old Naval Observatory. They Mm. have a big lawn where they could put up some tents on the lawn. They can invite the people in. They Put some heaters in it. Put some heaters in it. And and by the way, if I were Governor Abbott, I would say no more buses to Washington. No more buses. Nope. We're going to get trains. We're going to get some big trains with a lot of cars. We're going to pack up those trains with immigrants. We're going to bring them into Union Station, and we're going to drop them off in D.C. So if you think that 100 was bad, that's just the tip well, of the iceberg. Well, they all need a sign. They all need a sign. You know, it's like when you're at an airport waiting for somebody to arrive, yes. and you're holding up their name. Well, mm. give them a sign that says Kamala. Yeah. And send them to Union Station. <laughs> so they're all there waiting for Kamala to come get them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, just talking Watch like. somebody do this. I'll say, Bill. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think that we are in uh, desperate times right now. We talked about this, this battle that we're living through. And some people think we've already lost it. I don't think we've totally lost it. I think that it still can be won. But I think we're almost at a point right now where um, – the people have got to stand up. I don't mean physically, you know, revolt, but there's got to be some noise on our part. The people have got to let their voices be heard that this can't go on anymore. We have to essentially say, we see you, we don't like what you're doing, and it has to stop. It has mm-hmm. to stop. That's what we, and I don't think people, I think some people are starting to, to do this, but it's got to be a, a bigger a bigger voice, don't you think? Oh, I absolutely do. I don't know that we answered the question whether we have a country or not, but I think we pretty well uh, set up the fact that uh, right now we don't, and I think there is an agenda, and the only thing that is consistent throughout our existence and time are what we would call the real true owners of the planet, the rich. Yeah. And uh, these, they're still these, there. The, the Davos crowd, the Klaus Schwab, the George Soros, the Bill Gates, uh, the John Kerry's. I mean, all these people who have more money than brains and who think that uh, just by their existence, they have the right to change all of our lives. Yeah. Uh, and we just may have gone through this pandemic. Uh, most people who have been thinking about it will tell you, this was a planned pandemic. This was something created. This was not an accident. This wasn't a fluke of nature. And uh, But, you know, we talked about Carrie Lake. Remember Carrie Lake down in, in uh, Arizona, how yeah. she lost the election. She appealed. And I mentioned, I think on yesterday's show, that I watched a lot of it. And, and her lawyer was brilliant. He's a former Navy SEAL, smart guy. He had some great witnesses. Anybody who was paying attention, any smart legal mind would have said 
Kerry Lake won that uh, uh, that appeal, but then the, run out. then the judge threw it out. Yeah, the judge named, and I, and somebody said, well, it's because they don't they don't want to get involved. They don't want to be involved. They don't want to be the focal point. If they're the one who, let's say, they would have found for Kerry Lake. All of a sudden, they would have been the center of attention, and you know they have a nice car, they have a nice job. They don't. They don't need this. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to move for or against. I'm just going to dismiss it on grounds that they have no standing or they didn't bring enough evidence or whatever. And that's what happened here. The guy essentially was, and I'll say it, he was a coward. He didn't pay. Yeah. He didn't pay attention to the, to the facts and do his damn job. He just chickened out in the end. He didn't need it. A lot of judges are doing that right now. They just don't want to make the real tough decision. Oh, they'll put some guy for disorderly conduct in jail for a few years. Not a big problem. But something as major as this, which is being watched by the country and maybe the world, no, they don't want to be involved with that. So now Carrie Lake has to put all of her stuff back together again. And I guess by... I want to say by uh, today is what Tuesday. I think mm-hmm. I think by Wednesday or Thursday they have to have their answer in uh, for appeal. And I think she said she's going to have her appeal ready, and they're going to move on to another court. But you know, when you appeal something, now you're behind the eight ball. You're really kind right. of behind behind the eight ball because the first a, a court has already made a decision of some kind, like this guy did. So now you got to work twice as hard to get the results that you want. So. She's got a, a tough road ahead. And by the way, Katie Hobbs, being the the uh, person she is, her campaign just uh, filed for $500,000 in damages against the Lake campaign uh, to pay for, I believe, the attorney uh, that she had during the appeal oh, process. That's crap. I know, that's crap. I know. But she, she is, she's something else. Also, you know, uh, getting back to this environment we're living in right now, um, a judge in San Francisco said that you can't clear homeless camps. Yeah, I heard about that. A federal judge uh, temporarily banned San Francisco from clearing homeless camps in the city. So if you're walking down Main Street in San Francisco and it's lined with these tents and all of this uh, mess, you know, that shouldn't be there. I mean, they're they're public thoroughfares, aren't they? I mean, you're supposed to be able, as a citizen who pays taxes, to walk from point A to point B without stepping all over somebody's tent, but not yeah. in San Francisco. Not well, in you San know, Francisco. I got a question. You know, you go back to the old days of the United States. Now, I know they did away with some of these laws, but maybe not everywhere, and maybe not San Francisco. Maybe they haven't touched the old homestead law. So if there's government property, federal property, all you have to do is set up a domicile there. You know, that you might be a tent and you figure out a way for water and toiletry and you're, you're there for so long, that ground becomes yours. Well, that's interesting. You know, that's a good point. Do If you live uh, on the sidewalk for an extended period of time, it? does it become yours? <laughs> yeah, and then you know, get off my property. You can't walk through here to get from that you know, store to this store. But I, this all goes back to s- stuff like uh, sanctuary cities, 
When I was a young man and they started mm-hmm. talking about sanctuary cities, we all kind of laughed like, yeah, right. We're a country of laws. And all of a sudden you're going to say that because you happen to go into San Francisco or Boston or someplace like that, that you're, the, the Boston government can circumvent the, the, the national laws that we all live by. And, and for example, if you are an illegal, you can stop by San Francisco and you'll be protected. Why? Why is it that the San Francisco laws are are more important than the, the national laws? Well, now there's another question: uh, Isn't uh, aren't they? You know, all these sanctuary cities. Um, probably D.C. falls into the same thing, right? You know, probably, they're a sanctuary yeah. domain. So, you know, if I were uh, the governor of a state and I had these illegals, and I'm going, well, you know what? This is not my problem. This belongs to Kamala, the government, right. or whatever. I would bust them along, and I'd make sure they were fed and everything I, was I got a great. And I'd send them to a sanctuary city. i got a question for you. So whose law is the most important law? Who, whose Absolutely. law trumps the other? For example, if I'm a mayor of Boston, for example, and I say Boston's a sanctuary town, all the illegals in the world can come live in Boston without fear of being arrested by ICE, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if the state says, wait a second, you're a part of our state, and we we are not a sanctuary state, can we go into Boston and take those people and remove them, or can they stop you in Boston? Whose law trumps... Supersedes yeah, the other. Exactly. Well, you know, you can break it down to a lower level than that. Um, did we vote on these laws, or were they just enacted upon by people that we voted for? Because if right. we didn't vote for them, then we hold the power to take those yahoos out of office and get somebody in there that's going to correct this. I'm not saying that these people don't need a place to go but the way they're doing it is totally wrong, and you know they're they're playing Robin Hood to a degree. I was always yeah. under the impression that uh, we were a country of laws, and when I said that, I mean the laws that really mattered were the federal laws. I mean, yeah. no, not that the state laws don't matter. Don't get me wrong, but the federal laws were like that was the framework. I know, I know that const- there are constitutional scholars who would say, "Wait a second, no, no." Uh, we're uh, a country of individual states, so the state's laws are the most important laws, and then the federal laws are like an umbrella. But in reality, I've always felt that the federal laws were the heavyweight laws, the state laws were important laws, and the local laws were kind of they they were kind of the putty that kept the things together locally, but mm. they weren't. They weren't the big laws. That, you know, all of the big decisions were made on state and federal levels, you know? Yeah, and I sit there and I look at the uh, the state, the federal laws. The federal laws should be the ultimate guiding law of the land, but I think states uh, state should have their individuality. But, you know, people seem to, they, they blur those lines, and politicians, attorneys blur the lines. All the time. All and the time. I mean, they, if you look, you, the people you like probably don't have a political background, or uh, I mean, not a political. Well, that too. Haven't you wondered, a legal background? Haven't you wondered why, uh, when a city says we're a sanctuary city, why uh, uh, a president hasn't said 
uh, that doesn't make any difference. They're they're in this country illegally, and they don't have sanctuary in your town because your town is a part of our country. Your count, if you live in San Francisco, you don't live in the country of San Francisco. You live in San Francisco, California, USA. In order well, to, and if that's the way it is, the USA part says those people here illegally. ICE removes them. Well, get, getting back to the diversity, the multiculturalism, and then you sit there and go, well, wait a minute now. They're, we're going to make them a part of this community, this city, the sanctuary city. Now it gets back to, and you're talking about fair elections. Uh, I think these people are here uh, for control and for votes and to pol- dilute and, and people- pollute the land. And a lot of good, innocent people, including me initially, would say, well, you know, they come in and they're illegals, but they can't vote because they're not citizens. Well, they've gotten around that. The other side has gotten around that with mail-in ballots. I mean, they're mailing mm-hmm. mail-in ballots to everybody, everybody. I mean, there are people who are dead who get mail-in ballots. Uh, people who have been living uh, in a different address have been getting mail-in ballots at their old address. They've been getting mail-in ballots at their summer home so that they get two votes. What do Democrats do when they get in power in a place and they take it? They change the voting laws. Yeah. Now, they say it's to protect our democracy. Sure. But what it does is it enables them to not be voted out and to block other people, you know, with, different views to get into power. That being said, Jamie Raskin, who is a representative, who is a buddy of the Clintons, who is a super leftist liberal, uh, who mm-hmm. was on the January 6th committee, uh, he is, he is, in my opinion, he's a representative, but he's anti-American, at least anti-traditional American, okay? He All was right. talking on Facebook, uh, he was talking on Face the Nation this past weekend with uh, Margaret Brennan, and right. they were talking about the Electoral College. Listen to what he said about the oh, Electoral yeah. College. I think that uh, the Electoral College now, which has given us five popular vote losers as president in our history twice in this century alone, um, has become a danger, not just to democracy, but to American people. It was a danger on January 6th. There's so many um, curving byways and nooks and crannies in the Electoral College that there are opportunities for a lot of strategic mischief. We should elect the president the way we elect governors, senators, mayors, representatives, everybody else. Whoever gets the most votes wins. So you don't think that this um, reforming of the Electoral Count Act, which is really just making clear that the vice president's role is just ceremonial with the electors, you don't think that solves the issue? It doesn't solve the fundamental problem. I'm for that, and that's the very least we can do and we must do. It's necessary, but it's not remotely sufficient. Uh, You know, we spend hundreds of millions of dollars every year exporting American democracy to other countries, and the one thing they never come back to us with is the idea that 
oh, that electoral college thing you have, that's so great. We think we'll adopt that too. Um, you know, Thomas Jefferson said that he deplored the sanctimonious reverence with which some people look at the original handiwork of the framers when mm -hmm. they should be looking to their own experience. He said the framers were great and they were patriots, but they didn't have the benefit of the experience that we've lived. And we know that the electoral college doesn't fit anymore, which is why I'm a big supporter of the national popular vote interstate compact, where it's bubbling up from below, but there are now 15 or 16 states in the District of Columbia who said, we're going to cast our electors for the winner of the national vote once we get 270 electors in our coalition. What is he, he wants to get rid of the Electoral College. Well, the Electoral College gives our country balance, okay? It, that, it, it says to the smallest states, don't worry, your, your votes Vote mean counts. something too. Yeah, your votes mean something too. What he wants to do is he wants to have a national public vote where the winner wins based upon popular ballots. That's, as far as I'm concerned, uh, ridiculous. And it also makes it easy to cheat because they have the mail-in ballot system now where they can flood the market with, with these fraudulent ballots. And if you go by Raskin's uh, popular vote, then they easily can win the elections in the future. You'll never see a conservative uh, administration again, ever. Yeah, you look at, uh, like, Pennsylvania, and if you take all the counties and look at red versus blue, Republicans or conservatives have it. They're just two big areas, uh, and that's in Allegheny County and down in uh, Philly, and that's it. But they're big, 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 you know, confined population bases there. And what that does is it takes out, uh, uh, out of play, all the people in central PA and even on the uh, the skirting up to the those big cities. And that's happening. That would happen in every state. Georgia is another example of yeah. that. It would, it would take those red votes who are in the suburbs and the rural areas and out and about and just take them out. And then the people would sit there and go, my vote doesn't count. They Why say, should I go? They say that uh, Pennsylvania is Alabama sandwiched between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, meaning most of the state, if you look at it as, as a, a picture, is red. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just Philadelphia and Pittsburgh that are, are uh, bright, bright blue. And because, like you say, they're big population bases, they sway the election. So many times you'll see on election night, well, Pennsylvania's doing amazingly well for the uh, for the conservatives. Look at the number of counties that have come in so far for them, and you'll see it's all red, and you're thinking, oh, they're going to win Pennsylvania. And then all of a sudden, suddenly, you'll note that they always wait till the end to bring in the votes from these uh, blue blue counties like Philadelphia and uh, Allegheny County. They they right. wait till the end to see what they need. <laughs> to and, see. and to bring it in, yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's crazy. By the way, speaking of, uh, we, you talked about Arizona. You know, the Democrats now are moving to rewrite state election laws in Arizona. Of course. Now that they have enough control there, whether it's legitimate or not, let's go ahead and, and put up some new barriers and go ahead. You notice how Jamie Raskin, when he was talking about the popular vote, he brings yeah. in Thomas Jefferson. Like, like yeah. as, as if as if to say Thomas Jefferson agrees with me. The truth of the matter is it was the founding fathers who implemented the Electoral College. 
They right. would they would not have done so if they thought it wasn't a good idea. Well, how the hell does he know that? Has, did he have a séance and they came and spoke to well, him? No, in he's, the he's, a lot world. of these guys. They'll they'll take a lot of these guys will go to history, and everybody says something and they pull about it out of yeah, their butt. They can take a a line from selective editing from history and make it theirs, and it makes it sound like. Well, Thomas Edison agreed with me. In reality, Edison, I mean, I'm sorry, Thomas Jefferson. Maybe Thomas Edison did too. But Thomas Jefferson, he may have had a totally different point of view about something, but the way they selectively pull quotes and stuff from history, you can make anything sound like it's yours, you know? Oh, yeah. Back to the original question. Does the United States still exist or America? Uh, I think only by name. I don't think it's over yet. I think the battle continues. I don't think we're finished yet. It's like it's halftime, Bill. And it's not looking good, by the way. It's not looking good right now. Trump himself, whether you like the guy or not, he did have one important thing to say over the weekend. The United States is destroying itself from within. Well, we've run out of time, my friend. Really? Yeah. Can you believe this? It's, I was uh, just getting wound up. I, I was going that's, for that. That's why I kind of <laughs> jumped in yeah. there, because you were really, I could see it in your face. Uh, <laughs> but the good news is we'll do it again tomorrow, because that's what we do here. Uh, yes, it'll be it another, is. It'll be another day tomorrow, for it's another day. In the meantime, uh, uh, I hope you have a wonderful day. Anything planned today? Anything uh, special? Uh, well, no. I just got some studio work that I got to get done, and uh, going to nibble on yeah. some leftovers from Christmas. Are you? Well, you know, I didn't do the traditional Christmas. Uh, you know, I was going to do. I was looking forward to the ham and everything, but it's now it's just me and one son at, at home, and so mm-hmm. you know, we uh, he wanted spaghetti. I said, okay, uh, I'll make nothing a like spaghetti at Christmas, spaghetti, <laughs> which which was weird. You know, because I had, I was getting stuff. I I was gonna go pick up the ham. I don't want uh, ham. I don't want turkey. So yeah, we had spaghetti. Uh, we had the cranberries that I like and the pumpkin pie. And I'm like going, boy, there's an interesting combination. <laughs> <laughs> Cranberry spaghetti and pumpkin pie. Well, I'm the only one that eats. Actually, I didn't have a sweet potato. Actually, out Bill, there. it sounds kind of good to me. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. See you. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America.